You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's our Tuesday preview. Plenty of games since Manchester United host Leicester City. We got games in Portugal. We have games in Italy and, of course, Spain as Barcelona face Levante as well. Jimmy Conrad with all your betting tips and analysis. Kego Lasso begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso, our Tuesday preview. And if you thought... Oh, no, there's no soccer because Champions League's not around. Nah, you're wrong. We got plenty of action. Jimmy Conrad wearing Boca Juniors. Jimmy, what's up, man? I am living the dream, Luis. I'm excited (laughs) to be doing the podcast once again. This is going to be a great week. I think we can actually stretch it out a little bit. Obviously, we we talk a lot about the Champions League and Europa League, and this gives us an opportunity to catch up on some of the league stuff and, of course, some stuff happening elsewhere, like the Copa Libertadores, which is why I'm wearing the Boca Juniors uh, jersey. It is... For me, the second best club competition in the world, slightly behind the Champions League. So I love the Copa Libertadores, and and uh, they're in the middle of their group stages. So I know we'll talk about it at some point. We got some big games to, to discuss. Absolutely, and uh, just to reiterate uh, Jimmy's point, everybody, you know, one of the major components of Kegolaso is you know helping you go through the global game and seeing what's up, but also helping you with some betting tips. And of course, Jimmy the King Conrad is there to help <laughs> us out. Hey, Jimmy, let's begin though. Uh, in the Premier League, because mm. there are Premier League matches uh, during the whole week and things are getting interesting uh, for a Champions League spot. Manchester United already confirmed the Champions League spot after West Ham lost to Everton this past weekend. So now they face Leicester City, who are really not looking good. And it's a shame because they were doing very well throughout the whole season. And, you know, a tough loss last time around 4-2 against uh, your Newcastle, who did very well, by the way, a really good performance. But now they face Manchester United. What do you have for me? I just want to state for the record that Leicester City needed to beat a very bang average Newcastle team to secure their top four status in the Champions League for next season. They went down 4-0. So, Luis, I'm of the mindset that if you can't win a must-win game at home against Newcastle, you do not deserve to be in the Champions League is what I'm trying to say. That is ridiculous and unacceptable on so many different levels. That said, they still have another chance to make it happen. This could be their best chance to beat this Manchester United team because, and I want to throw out there, they haven't won at Old Trafford since 1998, but I think that Leicester can do it because in 48 hours after this game, Manchester United play against Liverpool. And so I'm feeling a really mixed squad here from Ole Gunnar, which means he's not going to change anything. And that Bruno Fernandes is going to be rolled out for the hundredth time this season. Cause that's what he ends <laughs> up doing. I do think though, because United secured, as you mentioned, that champions league berth for next year, they can relax a little bit in some capacity, but they're playing four games in seven days. That's a lot to ask. So I definitely think Leicester are going to benefit from having a not as strong team, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this because now you're giving opportunities to second stringers who this could be like their biggest game of the season because they never get to play. So you wonder what the mentality is going to be. And I've, I've actually found it pretty hard to get good value or not uh, great value on William Hill, but w- which side do you go for? What are you leaning towards? Lester, obviously coming off a very embarrassing 4-2 loss to Newcastle. They also have the FA Cup final this weekend. So 
they've got things to, to balance as well and to take into consideration. It, it's really interesting. But if they can get one win, I think that'll be enough for them to to secure their Champions League status. I just don't see Liverpool catching them, even if even if they won out. I think they'd be they'd be tied. Anyway, I don't need to get into the math, even though I was a math major. My, <laughs> it's too early, too early for that. So so I guess I wanted to get to you, Luis. I mean. You're going to have these second stringers like Van de Beek's going to probably start. You're going to have Juan Mata that might roll out. Uh, the, the youngster, Ahmad Diallo, will probably start. You know, I think you'll probably, Alex Tellez will maybe get a run out. Maguire got hurt his ankle. He's got an ankle injury. I don't know how the severity of it yet, but he's questionable. Not He's not going to play in this one, but questionable for the Liverpool game. So I don't know who, who you think we're going to see and and... You know what? Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. It's it's really interesting. I will say on William Hill, it's a coin flip. Plus one forty for United to win, plus two twenty for the draw, plus two ten for Leicester to win. So you can you can find tremendous value in this game. I, I guess I'm I'm always leaning towards a draw when I'm sitting on the fence. But well, know. listen, you the the context that you just provided pretty much concludes uh, what we feel about this game. It's very difficult because on one side, Manchester United, as you mentioned, such a crowded schedule. Uh, they're going to rotate. They have to rotate. But also the rotate. fact that they've they've confirmed Champions League status for next season, a major objective, if not the biggest objective for all Ghana social, knowing, of course, that Man City will most definitely uh, run away with the Premier League and they have a Europa League final to take care of. Harry Maguire, you mentioned, who's been playing every game. And now I, I really don't see him, obviously, just from an injury perspective, playing in this one. Who knows about Liverpool? So we have to wait for that. But I would say Tuan comes in here. Alex mm-hmm. Tellis will come in here. Uh, Luke Shaw will not play, I think. I think Bruno Fernandes' doppelganger will probably come in. Uh, <laughs> just he, he plays all the time. Solskjaer always wants to play him. Fernandes always wants to play. So that's quite easy. I think Mason Greenwood will, will keep going yes, uh, in this run as well. Cavani, obviously, uh, recently announcing his extension with Manchester United. As we had Fabrizio Romano on. So he'll, he might start uh, as well. You never know. So, But then on the other side, Leicester City have an FA Cup final to worry about. But the fact that they're just clinging to fourth right now um, because, you know, obviously they have a, a bit of a lead uh, over West Ham, but Liverpool is coming fast and furious who have a game in hand as well. So I don't know what exactly Brendan Rodgers is thinking here. My gut, just because if you have to look at form, purely in form, is Manchester United to win this. I, I get you, but because they have the second string team. But they're deep though, Jimmy. They are deep, and I think that's what's lent them to have this type of success uh, in multiple competitions this season. I will say that there is something about that hunger of having to prove yourself as a second stringer. They're not going to get too many more opportunities the rest of the season to, to say, Hey, I should be a part of the team next year. Please don't move me this summer or please do. So they're either on audition for Ole Gunnar or they're going to be on audition for another club. You know, they want to prove that they're sharp and they can play at a high level and that way, if they're disgruntled about not getting enough playing time, they can move somewhere else. It's it's really interesting. So I think we're going to see some really sharp Manchester United players. They might not all work together. You know what I mean? Just probably because they don't play a lot together. So right. you're not going to see maybe the fluidity that we've seen. That said, Leicester, I, I'm on the... They have to know that the heavy underdogs in the FA Cup final against Chelsea. Chelsea are arguably one of the best teams in Europe, if not the best team in Europe currently. So they're the heavy underdogs in that one. But let's be honest, Leicester are always the heavy underdogs and they love the role and they, they play that role very well. That said, if they don't get in there, there's so much money at stake to get into the Champions League. Yeah. If they win the FA Cup, they guarantee 
into the Champions League, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yeah, they get in the Champions League. So they they can't necessarily lean on that to make it happen, which means I think they have to go for it here at Old Trafford, knowing that Man United are going to have this second string, string team, knowing that they just got embarrassed by Newcastle, that there's going to be a response to that in some capacity. So, so you're leaning Leicester. I, I am leaning Leicester, but because of what Man United has to your, your point about depth, I could see, I could see a draw here just because of the hunger and desire and a little bit of that desperation to prove themselves for guys that just haven't got as many minutes as some of the other players. So yeah, well, this is what worries me a little bit about Leicester, Jimmy, uh, Newcastle four, two, then, then they tied against 10 man Southampton one all, uh, they beat Palace 2-1. Okay, fine. West Brom before that. So, and then West Ham beat them 3-2 before that, uh, you know, not including the FA Cup semifinal against uh, Southampton. So, you know, their record as of late is not great, but this could be a pivotal moment for them to turn it around. Uh, especially, as you mentioned, Brendan Rodgers seems this as a very important game, knowing that Liverpool... Is, is is breathing down their neck. So I mean, I mean, you, you are goals, changing my mind, is what I'm saying. Okay, but if you look at the goals that they gave up against Newcastle, two of them are defensive mistakes, right? Two big touches or a bad back pass to to for Leicester. Another one was a set piece, you know, where just somebody got up over. You know, these those so three of the four goals for me are easily correctable. Just being a little sharper on the ball, being a little bit more tuned in on a set piece. It's the one goal during the run of play. Callum Wilson ended up scoring at the end to make it 4-0. That proved to be the difference. The game changed, though, after that, and they got two. They scored two pretty good goals. They need to tap into that, and I think that's... If I was Brendan Rodgers, be like, let's just kind of focus on the last 15 minutes of that game where we scored two goals. Our, uh, our, our, our movement was good off the ball. We were very clinical in the attacking third. It, I, I just... I don't know. They got to get that first goal, and I wonder. Jamie Vardy's only scored two goals since Christmas. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's wild to me. So I don't yeah. know if we're going to see a Vardy start or not. I'm curious about that. What I'm seeing projected wise on, on the websites I look at and all the research I do, Ian Nacho will probably start, but you got Madison back. Well, he's on fire team. right now. And Ian Nacho he, as well. he is, he is on fire. Madison, uh, Tielemans. I'll see if they, they start in DD. I just don't know how much they're going to mix up. I mean, they still have four days until the FA cup final. So it's not like it's that's a, true as quick of a turnaround. So you can still roll out your guys. The only issue is you just played yep. uh, on the weekend. All right. Well, so we can't dilly dally on this game alone. So we got to make a statement. We got to make a point. You got to make a decision, Jimmy Conrad. What are you going for? What's your score prediction? <laughs> okay. Hold on. I'm going to find these odds. I'm going to say uh, both teams score and a draw plus 290, which isn't, the, which isn't the worst thing from Leicester because they do have other games, you know, they can focus on to get those, extra extra points to get into the champions league but i'll, I'll say a, a draw i think united will have enough um yeah that's what i'm going with what do you what do you got well i started with united win i'm, I'm just gonna make it what's a leicester win a leicester win straight up both teams or, to score leicester win both teams to score is plus 450 let's go baby yeah i like that it's pretty Let, good let's go so if you feel adventurous everybody you got a draw 290, right? You said both teams to score, both teams to score a draw, like a yeah, one all. So, so we should catch everybody up on their schedule, by the way. So they play United this t- t- tomorrow or today or whenever you guys listen to this. Uh, they got Chelsea in the FA Cup this weekend. They play Chelsea again at Stamford Bridge uh, a couple days after that, midweek. And then they got Tottenham at home on the last day of the season. It's a lot. 
that's a lot. That is a that is a crazy, crazy ass schedule. But all right. Well, Jimmy's going for a draw. I'm going for a win, Leicester City. Uh, it's your money. You make your decision, but you can't say that we didn't inform you. Let's move on to uh, <laughs> let's move on to La Liga for a second because okay. Barcelona. Barcelona had a great opportunity to do some things this past weekend. They didn't. They tied against Atletico Madrid, but so did Real Madrid and Sevilla. They tied as well. And now Barcelona travel to Levante on Tuesday. What do you have for me? Well, if you guys remember, Levante took points off of Atletico Madrid in consecutive weeks. It was mid-February. They got a draw in the first one, and then they beat Atleti. And that's where it really started. Atleti's start crumbling a little bit. They weren't scoring those timely goals and making the most of it. So I bring this up because Levante can run with the big boys. They only lost to Barcelona 1-0 earlier in the season at the camp now. And they beat Real Madrid 2-1 in yep. Madrid. However, <laughs> this is a big however, they've lost three straight at home. They haven't won in their last five. They failed to keep a clean sheet in their last five. But this is another big but. If you guys, I like big butts. And <laughs> but <laughs> there have been under two and a half goals in six out of the last seven at home. And I feel like Levante's a team. They're in the middle of the, t- they're in the middle of the table. Okay. They, they have no threat of getting relegated. They've got no ambition to qualify for Europe. So they're just kind of in the middle. So I'm kind of curious as to the mindset of the players. In many but, ways, that's the most dangerous kind of team, Jimmy. Because it is. they have nothing to, they don't care. There's, there's pressure free. They are pressure free. Given their track record against, let's, let's say the top three, they lost to Sevilla recently, 1-0 at home. Okay. So it's so the top four. Let's bring, the, let's bring Sevilla into the conversation. They hold these guys pretty close and pretty tight. And I think against the better teams, clearly better teams, they drop off, right? They look to counterattack. They, they're very pragmatic. They don't take any risk. Where they struggle, Levante, and I like their team a lot, but where they struggle is when they, when the other teams do that to them, right? When the smaller clubs, the teams that they should beat, they, they struggle against those teams. They don't get the results. You know, they lose to the A-bars. They lose to, and you're like, well, how is this even possible that you beat Atletico Madrid, but then lose to A? It's just so they're kind of, so now that they're clearly the underdogs, I think they're going to sit back. And what I found, this is the crazy, I haven't seen this type of crazy value on William Hill in a while. If you want Barcelona to win in over two and a half goals, it's minus 225. If you want Barcelona to win in under two and a half goals, it jumps to plus 470. Wow. That is, that is, I've never seen that big of a gap between two different scores. That is a massive gap. 470 think, for under two and a half goals? Barca to win in under two and a half goals. So you could get Barca at 1-0 and 2-0, essentially. And, and Barcelona just just drew with Atleti. I mean, they're, they're, they, they know how to tighten things up, you know? So, yeah, I mean, they... You know, there are the Beatles Asuna to nothing. I mean, Sevilla yeah. to nothing. There are results there that, that can sure. prove that. 100%. And I think Barcelona will have a positive response to that draw. I mean, they have to win. Barcelona has to win if they want to. Yeah. And we're reading game. reports, by the way, from our own, not our own. So I'm sorry. Uh, crediting uh, ESPN, San Martin and Moises as well. Uh, my boy there that, you know, things, uh, the board is not that happy with Coleman mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Just because of recent results. So I wonder if this might, might be a wake-up call here. It has to be. I mean, they have to have a response. I will say, though, when Kuman was under a little bit of pressure, they went on some crazy unbeaten streaks. So he is still, in a lot of different ways, pushing a lot of the right buttons. You know, I don't know if he's got everybody firing on all cylinders and, and the team maybe doesn't show up in those biggest games. But, yeah, I mean, it lets you're good. I, I wouldn't hold them accountable for Atleti results. I would hold them accountable for losing to Granada at home. Like that's right. where I would hold them accountable. So right. 
that that's what I would say there. But I, just in terms of value for everybody, again, as Luis said, it's your money. You can do what you want. But even I might throw a little, I, mean, I usually do throw a little like five, 10 bucks on, on a lot of these, but but I really like that value a lot. It might not hit. Messi might blow up and score three goals. You're like, God damn it, Jimmy. Why don't you tell me about Messi? Look at Messi's always <laughs> like a guy that can score three yeah, goals. But Barcelona game. needs to be treated with a pinch of salt because you have Lionel Messi, you have Antoine Griezmann and all these players. But this season, as we have seen, they don't necessarily always, you know, go out guns blazing. And this could be one of those games. They're away. It's a midweek <laughs> I just think that just I just wanted to give you guys some context on Levante. I think Barcelona is a pretty known quantity, and we we've seen what they've done in multiple competitions. But Levante, a little less known, and I just want to let you know that they play those big three, big four teams pretty tight, and and, and it's and it's been proven over the record. And, and by the way, okay, I mean, listen, they tied against Alaves two all. They lost two nothing. They lost one nothing. They lost one nothing again. It wasn't until Villarreal when they got killed five one. So, but the last the last four games. You know, they've either lost tight. or tied or, you know, uh, less than less than two and a half goals. So that that's that's doable. It's doable. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah. All right. So what do you have? It, What's your final score prediction? Yeah, I'm going to stay with the value. I'm going to say I'll say two zero Barcelona and that will be Barca to win and under two and a half goals. I think that's a very good uh, prediction. And I'm going to go with a two nothing Barcelona as well. And that will give you some good money there if, if you stay with that. All right. I want to go to Serie A for a second. Let's do it. Uh, Napoli. Against Udinese, if you look at Serie A right now, Jimmy, and of course we discussed in our weekend recap the debacle that was uh, Juventus's loss to AC Milan. But Napoli right now, they're in fourth. They're in a Champions League spot, right? And 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 a win here against Udinese would be huge. Huge, be at, le- at least temporarily. So talk to me about this game. Well, they're firmly in control of their destiny to finish in the top four with three games left. So we can just start there. They only have one loss in their last 13 matches in Serie A, which is an amazing turnaround by the players and Gennaro Gattuso, the manager who apparently is on his way out. And there, there are players now there's starting a lot of rumors are starting like the players don't want him to leave, but he is already being courted by Fiorentina, which is interesting. So He's going to part ways at the end of the season. According to what I've seen, this has been reported by a lot of uh, reputable outlets. He's averaged, though, just so everybody knows, 1.87 points per game in 87 Serie A matches that he's coached since taking over for Carlo Ancelotti. So it's not the worst record of all time, but it's not also a record Nothing that's to scream win. about, right? It's not going to win you the Scudetto. So I'll say this, though. Of those 13, their only loss was to Juve 2-1. They only had five clean sheets in those 13 games during this run, okay? And the last time they played Udinese, it was two. It was a 2-1 win. Udinese have nothing to play for, very similar to Levante. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they've secured safety, but they're not going to qualify for Europe. So it's, I'm kind of curious as to the mindset now of the players. Not only can they play free, to, to Luis's point earlier, but also they can – they're also – you know, you're still trying to – some might be trying. To, some players might be trying to hit bonuses. Some players are trying to continue to make sure they have a job next season. Some are trying to get out of the club, right? I mean, there's just so many of these little things that we don't think about, like because because a lot of the argument here for for the game and MLS about not having promotion relegation, oh, it doesn't matter. Like these games, they do matter. I'm telling you, they matter in a lot of different ways. Well, I mean, we just don't what, talk about it a lot. Yeah, and one of Udinese's star players, Rodrigo De Paul, who scored this past weekend, I mean, he is very sought after. 26 years old from Argentina. Mm-hmm. He's a player. And player. He, he's going to want to end on a high as well. He's going to get sold over the summer. Yeah. For sure. So, so there's so, a lot to play for him. There's a ton for both clubs. Obviously, Napoli's got 
these Champions League aspirations. And I think they're going to get there. Their schedule is pretty manageable. I'm going to say Napoli to win and both teams to score plus 175. That's a good one. They're at home, Napoli, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I'm going to go with that. That's a good one. That's another good one. So, yeah. all right. Well, so we have that. What else is in Europe uh, this Tuesday, Jimmy? I think there's a really big one everybody should be aware of. Sporting Club de Portugal uh, taking on Boa Vista. Now, we have an American international, Boa Vista, Reggie Cannon. What's interesting about Boa Vista is they're currently in a relegation scrap. So really, really big game to try to get points. They never beat Sporting Club de Portugal. Let me just get it out there. Sporting, though, now now they haven't won the league in 19 years. Right. Which is, which is amazing, given that they're the only... Well, their youth academy is the only youth academy in the world that's produced two Ballon d'Or winners, Louis Figo and Cristiano Ronaldo. So this club has a rich history in developing players. And I think you maybe have heard of one that just went to Manchester United named Bruno Fernandes. Oh, yeah. He's pretty good, right? He's pretty good. So Bruno Fernandes, what's, inter- what's really cool about sporting is that they're having the success of winning the league after selling Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. I just find that amazing. And I can't say enough about what the club's doing with a lot of talented younger players. So Porto played today against Ferenc. If Porto don't win, and they should, but if they don't, then Sporting will win the league title. Yeah, we're Sporting taping Europe. on a Monday, by the way, just FYI, as you listen to this on a Tuesday. I thank you for that disclaimer. <laughs> I, we should always, always here for you, Jason. No, always. I appreciate that. So Sporting, I think that'll happen. Porto are in second, but but if if they don't win, then then Sporting will win the league. If they don't, they, and I think they will. Sporting then has to beat Boa Vista to to clinch it. And they're just so good against uh, Boa Vista in, in so many different ways. Uh, and I think they've beaten them 17 straight times or something. It's ridiculous, or at least at home. Yeah. So I want to say that Sporting are also undefeated in the league. And I feel like they fully deserve this trophy. They've been excellent on both sides of the ball. They, they have Chelsea-like numbers on defense, only giving up 15 goals in 31 games in the league. Uh, they have 12 clean sheets in their last 17. And they just happen to be the third highest scoring team in the league as well, behind the two usual suspects of Porto. And, and, and they're at home. They're going to want a victory they're point. Home. Yeah, yeah. So, so I just want to say, for, to give everybody kind of a reference, Porto and Benfica are like the big brothers of this whole thing. And Sporting Club de Portugal is the little brother who never gets any respect. Nobody pays them any attention. And now the little brother is finally emerging uh, to, to get to the top. So I'm really excited for them. A couple players you guys should keep an eye on. Uh, 18-year-old midfielder Nuno Mendes has been sick. I think he'll end up being sold here in a couple of years as he starts to continue to evolve and mature. And then their top player for me is their 22-year-old attacking midfielder Pedro Gonzalez, also known as Pote. Uh, he scored 18 goals in 29 games. And I don't know how much longer they can keep him at 22 with those kind of numbers. He This is his first time, first season with, with Sporting. He played for uh, Family Cao. The season before, he was with Wolves. No big surprise there, because Wolves is basically a Portuguese factory. He he didn't get any get any games there, but he was with them for a few seasons. So maybe that familiarity will take him back to Wolves at some point. I want to say here's my bet for this one: Pote to score. I'm, I think he's gonna. He, he scored last week against Rio Ave. I I, th- I think he's a player that likes responsibility, wants to step up and lead his team to a title. I think he's going to be up for it. And Sporting to win 1-0, 2-0, or 2-1. I think they're going to have that type of scoreline because I think both is going to sit everybody back behind the ball. They're very difficult to break down. Plus 380 is that is that value. That's what I'm looking at. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, let's finish up on, as you mentioned, one of the greatest tournaments, uh, Copa Libertadores. Plenty of action on the Tuesday night. Jimmy, Boca Juniors, you're wearing their shirt right now. L- let's begin with them. Yes, so this is a rematch of the Copa Libertadores semifinal 
where Santos got through, beat Boca, unfortunately, after Boca had a lead in leg one. It, it's Boca got the revenge. They're in the middle of the group stages. Okay, so it's a very similar setup to the Champions League. There's a whole bunch of groups and the top two teams in each one advance to the round of 16. So so right now in their group, they got Barcelona, the other Barcelona. They've won all three. They're three matches into six. Boca is in second on six points. Santos is in third on three. And then, then the strongest. Is there a better club name around the world than the strongest? No, it's, no it's, for me, it's always been a top three name. It's amazing. It, it's amazing. Of course, they're not that strong. They haven't scored any goals and they've got minus 10. So they need to be stronger. We need we need more out of the strongest. We need stronger from the strongest. Exactly. So, But this is a big one. So Boca goes to Brazil. They need a result just to make sure they solidify that, that second place status so they can get into the round of 16. Yep. Barcelona is the big surprise in this one. Uh, I would say it's Barcelona from Ecuador, if I'm not mistaken. And, yep, Barcelona uh, SC. Yep. That's right. And... Uh, I kind of see a one-one here. When I looked on William Hill for that, uh, the draw at under two and a half goals is the favorite scoreline plus two fifty. Boca really doesn't have to stretch out too much here. I think they can be conservative. So you get the zero-zero and the one, the one-one here uh, plus two fifty. And and the last time these two played a couple matches ago, it was uh, Boca who won two-zero uh, at the La Bombonera. So Tevez look is looking to get the start. The thirty-seven-year-old might come back into the team. So I'm excited about that. And it's, it's, this is an amazing competition and I wish it got more love here in Estados Unidos, but, but uh, I think it will as, as time goes on, because it has that same type of vibe as the champions league, just in South America. Absolutely. And by the way, the Brazilian and Argentinian league on CBS sport. Yeah, exactly. As well. So exactly. you pay, pay really important. more attention. Uh, yeah. So much content for just a Tuesday. I know Just it's a ridiculous. Silly little Tuesday. And look at all these games that we have. Yeah. Unbelievable. Any final thoughts as we say goodbye, Jimmy? Anything else that maybe we have missed that people can look at or anything that you wanted to bring up before we say goodbye on Tuesday? No, that's a great question. I think we covered everything. And and uh, I'm excited for the rest of the week. There's so many big games upcoming. And then, of course, this weekend, FA Cup final and so many things popping off. So this is it. This is what this is what we want, right? You want to uh, come to an end of a season. And we, if I look at the top five European leagues, there's so many things at stake in France, in Italy, in Spain, in England. There's a lot going on with, with the top four. So it, it's it's awesome. And I'm excited that we have this usually or what we've seen in the past couple of years a lot of these leagues are done and dusted after you know with three or four weeks left to go so yeah i'm here and i'm loving it and uh it's great to do it alongside of you luis miguel absolutely and you will hear jimmy and myself throughout the whole weekday previewing all the action throughout the day and of course as jimmy mentioned the weekend preview including the fa cup and so much more jimmy conrad my brother thank you so much man appreciate you hermano everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Gegolasso Pod. We are also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please leave a five-star rating and review. We're on Stitcher, cbsports.com, and your CBS Sports app. YouTube, you can watch this whole thing on YouTube. We got plenty more games to discuss throughout the week. And of course, our weekend preview. Have a great, great rest of your week.
was a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.